It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Lisa Murphy, where in, in Central Florida, where it's winter and iguanas are literally falling out of the trees. Have you have you been hit by an iguana yet, Lisa Murphy? I have I have not. I'm pleased to say I have I have not. Mm. I, I, oh. I I my life is more threatened by the crazy drivers who live in this region than iguanas falling out of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, it's a little bit more, a little bit more dangerous. A uh, a a a a a Ford F one fifty erratically driven coming at you is probably a little bit more dangerous than an iguana turning so left how- in an intersection from the right hand turn lane. You know, when I have an arrow, yeah, like that kind yeah, of stuff. That's not that's not good. How would uh, how would pups uh, Kane and Zoe respond? You you know, you're out for a walk and uh, and uh, you have an iguana fall out of the tree right in front of the dogs. How would they respond Ooh. to that? Uh, so first of all, I, I don't, I am not brave enough to walk them at the same time. So they get separate, they get separate walks. Kane, I think would sniff it and mm-hmm. maybe step over it. Cause he's old and, you know, getting kind of get off my lawn <laughs> yeah. mindset. Uh, Zoe would probably pounce it, uh, try to play with it or eat it. <laughs> one of the two. Well, I hope it happens so we can have a, uh, have, if that happens, Lisa Murphy, call the text line at 228-363-6737. Um, listeners, if you've been hit by a falling iguana, please um, <laughs> use the number to let me know about it. Uh, and also, look, I think, from, okay. no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think the, say, only, the only thing that's really ever hit me on the head falling out of the sky is like bird poop, I think. Yeah, that's icky, but probably better than an iguana. I don't Probably. know. You didn't need to go wash clothes. I don't know, unless the iguana like splats <laughs> or got really nervous while it was falling and like yeah, or the iguana shatters. Um, listeners, the uh, you don't have to remember that that uh, that number. It's in the show notes. And look, if you're on your phone, you can actually click. Um, some some podcast players actually actually put that uh, that number in there as a hyperlink. Otherwise, you can highlight it and click it, and your phone will dial it for you. It's really Ooh. simple, listeners. We tried to make and look. You don't have to look. the The message comes on. It doesn't even ring. It just goes right to the right to the voicemail. It could make it simpler for you, listeners. Um, unless I unless I came to your house Jeff, and dialed the phone is, for you. He's here to serve. He's here to please. He's here well, to make that, your life easier. That, so you don't right. have to make any extra decisions. That's right, because what we're talking about today is uh, is decision fatigue. Um, 
Decision. Maybe that's maybe that's why even I know you're taking some notes right now. And uh, it, it, to some degree, this is not necessarily an extension of our, our last episode that we did together. But but I think to some degree it is. But I'm almost wondering now <laughs> if that's kind of why I've been in that. Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares if I just ate an entire bag of <laughs> ridged potato <laughs> chips and an entire vat <laughs> of French onion dip? What? What's it, just. What? Think of making decisions. Well, I, I mean that that is um, one of the one of the, it, it totally could be because one of the results of the f- decision fatigue um, are well. I mean, there's two things. Um, there's impulse purchases. That's not um, me. And because oh, I you grab the chips um, because if, um, at the store, even bringing them into the house. Oh, I see. Decision fatigue, and then another one is decision regret. Um, mm. And 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 things like um, uh, uh, impaired uh, self-regulation. Um, so oh, you, you know, sign me up for that one. <laughs> yeah, because because you know you you might you, you know when you're when you're not overloaded with decisions and not suffering from decision fatigue, you you might say, oh, I can I can eat six chips and then put the chips away. And when your brain is overloaded, it's like ah. Blah, blah. You mentioned the chips last time we were together. Um, what what size vat? of chip dip are you purchasing is it the little one or is it the bigger one or no, it's is it the like little that? one it's the it's the little one because i knew that i would just eat the whole thing mm-hmm. and and yeah. what i yeah it's and it's called the brand we should get a sponsor for this episode it's hell of a good french onion dip and i a, can a hell of a good and it really is it really is and <laughs> i am i i'm kind of embarrassed to say that if a camera ever caught me eating it mm-hmm. like i i had some, okay when our family was all together not this last summer but a couple times before that like way pre-covid even it was i think it was a christmas holiday time frame and all the siblings were together and i like just dove in and shoved it in my mouth my brother michael was like good god <laughs> like do you know what you look like right now and i'm like nope and I hear Michael's voice in my head every single time I shovel this shit into my mouth. And I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, are you are, are you a, a big scoop and then the whole chip in your mouth? Yep. Are you a... <laughs> yep. a... <laughs> okay, so there's no chance of double dipping. Oh, no. No, but I, I, I have been known to have two chips and then a big honking scoop. Oh, okay. So the the scoop on top of the two chips, or the the does the scoop get in between, like a like a uh, like a, a sandwich? A sandwich. No, no, two okay. chips together. Like so, my so my scoop is extra sturdy. Sure, sure. You got you got better dipping power, and I think the <laughs> I think the 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 ruffled chips are better for dipping. I think they one hundred percent. It's kind of like galvanized um, that 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 steel roofing with the little waves in it. It gives you exactly. more structural gives it more structural integrity, integrity. Um, and you, you <laughs> of which I have dip. of which I have none after, <laughs> after eating a whole container <laughs> see and a smart person just wouldn't even buy it at the store 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm the idiot that thinks that this time I'm going to have some kind of internal locus of control and mm-hmm. scoop. And, and that's what I've, I've been doing, actually. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I went a stretch of, like, not buying it because I know, you know, like, come on, boy, it's being an idiot. You know what you're going to do with this. So this last round, um, I will scoop it into a little Pyrex bowl and I'll put mm-hmm. some chips in a little bowl. And it's like when it's done, it's done. And then I'm like, well, who's stopping me? Right. Like, so go get up and fill it up again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just brutal. <laughs> The spoon, the spoon is laying right there. I can spit more in this little container. Yeah, I've totally done that. Um, I, yeah, look, our thing, like, I mean, look, um, you look, I love myself a good tot, um, mm, as a mm-hmm. as a tater, um, mm-hmm. and and we've we've been on a on a on a little bit of a tot binge lately, and uh, and and, and Tasha like mentioned this morning, like, ah, eh, we gotta gotta cut that gotta out, dial because, that back uh, a little bit. Yeah, we went we went low carb for a long time, and then we've fallen back on the carb wagon. Um, so decision fatigue um, is a decline in decision quality due to mental and emotional drain. The uh, oh, pi- yeah. Hold on, I want to. Um, maybe you're going to say this, but I just jumped into my head. To me, say what you just said again. Decision like fatigue the- is a decline in decision quality due to mental and emotional drain. Okay. I want to add to that, that for me, it's more not wanting to make any decisions. So, and I get, we've been riffing about, you know, chips and dip. So I get Mm -hmm. that. But I think really for me, it's a not doing, not making any decisions at all is probably more of my default place when I'm overwhelmed with decisions that need to be made. I so you make so many decisions and then you, you go to, you go to, um, not wanting to, so, so one of the, one of the, uh, one of the effects of decision fatigue, Lisa Murphy is, uh, is what they call decision avoidance, which is is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, first, we got to talk about the guy that uh, that coined the the term. I don't really all, all I know about him is his name, but we got to talk about this name, Roy F. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Then I'm gonna spell it spell it for you to get your take. Uh, Baumeister is uh, I think it's it's B A U M E I S T E R. Baumeister. Baumeister. Now, would you? the the Baumeister. Um, I I mean, I like that Meister part. The I, I'd like to be the Jeff Meister. Um, we can start like calling the, you that. Isn't that like the Meister is like master, isn't it? That's what's. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I unless I, I know, I don't comment on the linguistics. I really yeah, don't. I think there. I think there's like the. He's like the. the yeah, I think there's some hierarchical thing there. I don't know about that, but it's making me think of that Christmas show. I'm Mr. He Meister. <laughs> Remember that? I'm Mr. Sun. So, it's so us. Roy Roy uh, coined the term, um, and so this is a real when, thing. Hold on, when when I, was this term coined? Because I really have heard it um, more during COVID. Uh, and after COVID that people were just like exhausted from decision fatigue. So I would be curious if it was something that was kind of coined and created prior and maybe it's having a resurgence because of current stuff. Uh, oh, it's not a recent term. I don't think you talk for a minute while I Google. I'm not good. Go- no, I duck that go. I don't Google. Um, it's like, da, 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 da. So Jeff is looking it up to see maybe it, tells you the origin of his last name as well 
Maybe he has a Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm not seeing a a year, but uh, okay, that's it's, cool. It's 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 it, I don't think it's not it's not a COVID related thing. It's been along uh, around longer than that, but um, it it is a thing. Um, and I think to tie it to early learning, and or or parenting, just a human trying to get themselves through the day, um has a lot of decisions to make and then a human responsible for other humans uh has multiple times that i mean if look if it, if you're just trying to get yourself up and out the door in the morning that's one thing but if you've got if you've got two little ankle biters that you've got to get off to uh child care before you go to work and your dogs get, yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> and, and 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 so the more people you're responsible for the more decisions there are and that that can that can be tough because we we do have have uh there there, there is a struggle there and, and I've, I've mentioned it but we'll go through them a little bit and and so what what this does is is we humans have limited mental energy and, and limited self-control and the more decisions you make throughout the course of time the it, it, it sucks out that emotional energy and that self-control and the more the, the less emotional energy and self control you have, the 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 poorer quality your decisions are going to be, or else you're going to get overwhelmed and 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 start shutting down. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so the the um some of the things we we touched on, but one of the one of the effects of decision fatigue can be decision avoidance, what we which you talked about, and, and I, I totally go there too. We spent a little bit of time on this one because you 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 just you, oh, I can't make another decision today, and I don't I don't know if I always think that, but you just go into you you mentioned that you go into shutdown mode, yeah and, yeah to where to where I. It's and and it's it's interesting as I'm sitting here talking with you, thinking about what that pattern is. Mm-hmm. So usually I'm in the office and I'm working, but if I reach that point, it's like I will go put a video on in the background, a movie on in the background, just for audit some distracted noise. I won't sit and watch it, but it's like mm-hmm. I need to like shift something in the head, um, and then often will um, often start prepping dinner. Like, like sous chef, like not like cooking the asparagus for four hours because you're bored, but like, you know, getting stuff staged. Mm-hmm. It's like I, and that kind of recalibrates me a little bit. So even though I mo- might not start actually cooking dinner until five or five thirty, I got myself out of that rut by doing something that's not really requiring me to make any decisions, right? It's just following yeah. the instructions and mm-hmm. that kind of recalibrates, I think would be the best word. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one we got here on the list of of effect 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 that the impact what 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 decision of fatigue does to you is we've got impulse purchasing, and yeah. and and this this hits a lot of people um, because a lot of people the say the, the the trip to the grocery store maybe is an after work thing. And, and, and so you've, you've had a day full of decisions and you're suffering from decisions fatigue. And then you find yourself in the grocery store throwing the, uh, the, the chips and the chip dip and the Oreos and the, all of, all of those things that you maybe are, maybe, I mean, in your head, you're like, I would like to not eat this stuff, but in your exhausted 
mental and emotional state, you throw it in the car because that that is make me feel good stuff. And I also then- would add to that, and, and I'm having a couple of thoughts here. One, a conversation I had with one of my sister's really good friends um, about, and I, of course, this always happens. It was something like the invisible workload, something like that. And I, I'd like to circle back to it, maybe at a follow up um podcast because I don't have the stuff obviously right here in front of me, but it kind of, I think would be an offshoot of this discussion. But what I want to say specifically about going to the grocery store and thinking about dinner and for, you know, for most people who maybe have more than just their own selves to think about, right. They got kids, they got a spouse and other, you know, but I would think that you're like, like, screw it. I don't want to make any decisions. And we end up having the same thing for dinner multiple times, right? Like, like no, nothing new, but I know how to make this. I don't have to make any decisions. I throw it in the cart, but then, and I might be making a mountain out of a molehill, but then that I think could add stress to an interpersonal relationship. Like my God, like we've had the same thing four times this month when really Mm -hmm. it was just making me not have a breakdown. You know, it wasn't because I was not wanting to put in the extra effort, but just like, ugh, like screw it. This, I know how to do this. I can go on autopilot and get it and get it actually done I think that I think that could come into play a little bit too and I I always appreciate seeing how something that we're calling decision fatigue has that ripple effect and can end up impacting so many other areas of like our systems our family system our interpersonal system our other work our work system and all of that and when we do a little digging and some reflecting on what the origin might be you know, something as very simple as just being overwhelmed with choices can ripple, 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 ripple. Yeah. And and after we work through this list of of, of the the things that uh, decision fatigue can cause in our life, I've got a I've got a short list of, of things we can do to combat it. And uh, and that limited options, um, which is kind of what you just mentioned, uh, plays a part there. Um, so the next one we've got here is we've got uh, decision avoidance, impulse purchasing. Uh, we've got impaired self-regulation. And and so having to make all those decisions makes you less likely to be good at self-regulating. Um, and so, when, you know, last time we were together, I went through my my nerdy spread list of daily things. And, and for me, part of that is it cuts the decisions out. Um, because I don't have to decide, am I going to do push-ups today? Yes, I'm going to do push-ups today because it's on it's on my list. It's on my list. Am, am, am I, I going to drink my my half gallon of water today? Yes, because yes. it's on the list. Um, and so I don't have to decide if I'm going to do it. Um, and and you know a bunch of those things are first thing in the morning things, and so they've got a place, and and so that gives some structure to the day. And then I don't have to get up and decide, am I going to floss? Am I going to go to the beach? Am I going right. to run? Um, it's just an so, assumption that you will. Yeah, um, because otherwise, otherwise, um, if <gasps> listeners, a, a, a large dog has just jumped up on Lisa's desk um, as if it was some sort of fucking ninja um, and is now sitting in her lap. Um, that's a lot of dog to have in your lap, Lisa Murphy. That 40 pound lap dog. <laughs> that, that dog thinks it's a puppy. She, well, she is, but hold on. I got to take my headset off for a second. So she doesn't pull oh, it up. No, Lisa's hold getting on. tangled up in wires. It's, oh, oh, listeners, we might, have to inv- we might have to release a GIF of this. The first child care barring, uh, barring girl podcast GIF. Um, oh, my. oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. No. 
Oh, sorry. That was horrible podcasting. Well, that's the first time that that's ever happened. <laughs> well, that's what happened to the M&Ms. We, <laughs> we have a ninja jumper right here is what we got. Yeah, I might yeah. have to put her in her kennel, but let's keep talking. Uh, that, that was that was that was delightful. Um, so self-regulation, and then the 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 last one I've got on this list is decision uh, decision regret. Um, so you make those you make decisions, and 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 then you're not very because you're tired and and mentally and uh, uh, drained. You make decisions, and then you you regret those decisions. Um, I think we've all. We've all experienced I'm also, that. I also, and I'm bringing it back to the, to the family structure thing, mm -hmm. is like, <laughs> like making just like if we're gonna go out for dinner, like this. I think every couple struggles with that. Not struggles, but like just pick something, pick something. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to just make a decision? Well, I don't want to make a decision. What, like, like that kind of stuff. It's like just pick a place. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No, you pick one. It doesn't matter. But then. You pick something and then it does matter. And I don't know. Sometimes it's just easier than to stay home. <laughs> yeah. And we, we get into that too. And and I'm always um, encouraging Tasha to, to choose where we're going to go. Um, because one, I don't want to be a dick and be the one that's choosing all the time. But, but. Second. And I'm over here like, please make the decision. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, but I, I'm also like, if. If I, I, I can, I, I mean, I, I have got really low blood pressure about those kind of things. And I'll, right. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll go with the flow and not like she's not like she's throwing silverware if it's someplace that, that doesn't end up being great. It's not that at all. Um, and then, and, and, and so, so I, I've, I've been trying to be the picker a little bit more just so I'm not being a dick about it because, because I totally, that was, you know, I don't want to make the decision. So you made it. So, I mean, there's a piece of that there and, and, but, but. Well, sometimes it, though, the person really is like, I don't care, you know, and, and I know with Pablo, one of the things I had to learn early in our relationship was that when he would say, you know, it doesn't matter. Like he really meant that it wasn't like he had yeah. an agenda and, and I had to kind of, you know, get accustomed to the fact that he really didn't matter. So just Lisa pick a place, you know, just as an example. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm totally like that too. And, and that I don't care. Can it, I mean, it can be a passive aggressive thing. Um, yeah, and, but I don't, yeah. With him, of, it wasn't people, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so it can come across that way if it's somebody you don't, you don't really, yeah. really know. Like, do you really care? At this point, at, at 30 plus years together, Tasha has figured out that when I don't care, I, I really, it really, I really don't care. care. <laughs> but, but, but I'm sure, I'm sure 20, 25, 30 years ago when, when we were new to each other that it, it, it took some figuring out. Um, so, so this is, and, and so. I, I've got a list, what do we got five on the list here of of, of strategies for um, for for managing decision fatigue because it's something we all deal with. We deal deal with in our work life and we deal with in our away from work life. And and look, if you're trying to run a truly play based environment where kids are allowed to do the picking and the deciding. There's a lot of decisions you got to make. Am I gonna be? How am I gonna set this up? And where's that gonna go? And 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 look, hey, listeners, if you're making all the decisions in the classroom and you're suffering from decision fatigue, that's one your of the fault. Things, one of the things you can do is is let those little people make more of those decisions. Make some decisions. And that's it, true. 
And it cuts down on your decision fatigue. It makes it and, and that's actually a good, that's a good kind of parallel sidebar topic offshoot of the same thing is that um, how many of us occasionally, because I'm reflecting, of course, I, I love that reflecting and talking at the same time, right? So you get end up having 99 ideas and thoughts in your brain is, is, is my decision fatigue a direct result of me being a control freak? Yeah, or is my are, decision yeah. fatigue because of just the position that I'm in? You know, and I th I think there's room to to reflect on that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yesterday, just isn't just, you know, a real time example. So yesterday I spent, God, probably hours, hours doing all of the travel for the upcoming gigs in January and February. And, you know, by the end of getting all of that done and making those choices and what flight to be on and what what airline is going to be blah, 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 and the rental car and the hotel and how far away is the gig from this hotel. And I mean, after all of that for January and February, I was I needed to go lay down on the couch. It's like. <laughs> Like what happened? Like that was yeah. exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it was exhausting. Yeah. Like, and so at that point, I'm glad dinner was already decided because if I had to make any more decisions yesterday afternoon, I'd have been like, forget it. We're out, you're having cereal. That's what we're having. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's something that, that a lot of people can relate to, but if you don't, if you don't have the phrase decision fatigue to, to put on something like that, um, when you can name it, it's a little bit easier to deal with and understand. One hundred percent. Just being aware of it. So the first thing I've got in this uh, the dealing with it list is is decide early, um, mm. because what the research seems to indicate on this is is that those those emotional reserves, those mental um, energy reserves, um, dissipate throughout the day, and and so if you can you make the the important decisions early because those are going to be your that's your best decision making time because your your reservoir of emotional and mental energy oh. are highest then um, and and some of the research I don't have it right in front of me but but things I've read is is like surgery um, if you're going to have surgery, you want to schedule that first. shit early in the morning because oh, that's when yeah. the, the surgical team is, is at their best and they're making the best decisions. Um, right. They've, done, they've, they've looked at, at things like, like, uh, judicial decisions and, and, and found out that, um, I, what is it? The decisions judges make in, in, in the later parts of their days are, are more punitive, um, for for example, so there's 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 research into this kind of thing, um, and, and it makes sense. Um, there's yeah, a I'm there's a guy that wrote. Um, I didn't read the book, but my friend talks about it a lot on his social media um, about eat your frogs first. Eat your frogs first. Get the frogs. Get the big frog done first for the rest of the day. Get the big frogs out of the way. Mm, and that sometimes frogs. I think about right and that little guy you found with a top hat though. You, uh, I wouldn't eat the frog with a top hat, but, but it, and I think about that. If I'm looking at a big list of stuff I got to do, eat sure. your frogs first, all the stuff that you don't, cause you're done. You won't have the mental wherewithal and capacity to make that kind of like to get that project done at three in the afternoon. You know, yeah. I, I know myself, that's why I get up early and try and get all that stuff done. All right. Decide and, early. And, and, and we don't, and, and the thing, part of this is we don't have the self-control we think we do. Um, it's, sure. it's easy. It's easy to decide not to eat a hunk of chocolate cake, uh, first thing in the morning, uh, towards the end of the day, after you've made all kinds of decisions, uh, we don't have that impulse control and it's a lot easier to pick up the cake or the chip dip or whatever it is 
at the at the end of the day. So decide early. Next one is is limit your options. And you you kind of touched on this when you're you're talking about having the same the same uh, meals all the time. Um, if you limit your options, this is um, you know there are people that are uh, uh, what's his name Steve Jobs. Uh, Apple founder, he kind of dressed the same way all the time, the black turtleneck, and yep. that was his kind of thing. And part of that was to to reduce decision fatigue. If you're wearing the same thing every day, you're making fewer decisions. If you're eating the same thing every day, you're making fewer decisions. And so by limiting your options, you um, – you cut out the number of decisions you have to make, and then you can be you can be more uh, you can you can have the reserves of energy that you need for making the decisions you do have to make. Um, I mean, like breakfast. If you if you've got like uh, two kinds of cereal, two options on your shelf for breakfast. If you're a breakfast eater, um, that that kind of um, limits it. But if you've got like if there's like seven boxes of of cereal and you've got uh, the oatmeal and you've got the bacon's and egg, bacon and eggs and uh, you know whatever it is and you've got to decide every day what's breakfast going to be. That's just that's just a whole bunch of decisions you're making. There was a um, movie that came out in the '80s. I think it was called. Uh, it was with Robin Williams and he was playing a Russian immigrant. I, I don't want to say the wrong name of the movie, but I think it was called Coming to America, but I don't remember. And there was one very no, coming coming to America was Eddie Murphy, I think. I uh, thought I think so. He... That's why Mo I was not Moscow, to... Moscow on the Hudson. Thank you. You're right. Yes. Moscow on the Hudson. And and he stood there in the coffee aisle and had a complete nervous breakdown, mm -hmm. meltdown, because there was just so too too many choices and i think to to tag this on to children and kids and working with children i think sometimes we can be guilty of offering too many choices i'm thinking specifically in a toddler room and you've got that cubby shelf with 14 holes in it that the catalogs want you to think need 14 bins of of crap in each you know that's too mm -hmm. much for a two-year-old, right? And so there's this fine line between we are providing options, but are we providing perhaps too many sometimes? Is there is there room to say that sometimes there's too many choices and so that some of our baby breakdowns is really just because in their own toddler way, they're having their own decision fatigue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, listeners, I'll I'll link to it in the in the show notes. But I put together for the Playvolution HQ site a a one page uh, handouty thing on this. And there's a reason there are only five suggestions for battling <laughs> for the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. Um, so one hundred ways. One hundred ways to combat yeah. decision fatigue. Ah. <laughs> decide which decide which three are best for you. Uh, yeah, that would be horrible. Um, next one we've got on the list is is build habits. Uh -huh. um, and and so my my the last time we were together we talked about my 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 nerdy daily thing. Your spreadsheet. My spreadsheet. Um, part of that is building those habits because if if, if something is a habit, it's not a decision. Right. It's just what you do. If you're, it's Autopilot. It's just, just what you do. Um, listeners, if you're looking for, for more help on building habits, uh, check out the book Tiny Habits by uh, B.J. Fogg. It's the it, I've, I've, I've read a bunch of the habit books, and that is by far the best. He's a he's a researcher at Stanford. And I think think at Stanford. And he he kind of he kind of taught the uh, the guys that invented Instagram, um, which is which is kind of wired people into into the habits of posting and 
clicking mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, he knows his habits. But if if you if you if you build those habits, it, it becomes it becomes automated, and then you don't have to go through through the decision making process. And so, um, you know, I mean, that can kind of go with the limiting uh, limiting option things. Um, I I would if if I was you know hermit Jeff. I mean, even more of a hermit than I already am. If 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 Tasha came to her senses and hit the road, and I was alone, I probably I probably eat the same thing every day. Um, uh, you know, my 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 tuna fish sandwich or whatever it would be, peanut butter and jelly. Um, maybe not forever, but for like weeks and months I'm at like a time. That. I'm like that. I mean, and I mean, I joke that people who see me more than twice in a year at a at a gig are like, man, does she only wear jeans and black T-shirts? And <laughs> I'm like, yep. And they're clean. And I'm rotating. I have a wider sweater selection at this point to put on over it. But it's straight up 100 percent when I'm faced with 18 days out on a road. I don't want to have to be planning 18 different outfits right it's easier just to pack all that same stuff and the same with the meals except for dinner i like dinner to be varied but i could eat the same thing for breakfast and i tend to like nosh through the day um unless i'm having a a chip breakdown but anyway (laughs) but yeah i agree 100 percent. so build those habits people next one is is to prioritize self-care yeah Um, that i'm bad at the the argument here is that self-care refreshes your reserves of emotional energy and mental energy. And if you're taking better care of yourself, you're going to be better at making the decisions you have to make. And, and to piggyback on the last episode, when you're looking at all of your check marks and your tick boxes and your spreadsheet stuff that potentially can be done before you've even had your first cup of coffee, that does leave more time for the self-care stuff. You know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And hey, listeners, if you're if you're struggling with the self-care and you want to make it part of your 2023 playful uh change challenge and uh and and you're 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 looking for resources, uh you can get get me at the 228-363-6737 at the uh the podcast uh hotline or you can just get a hold of me at explorationsearlylearning.com. I've got a bunch of resources on the Playvolution HQ website because it's something I mean, caregivers are very neglectful of them themselves and parents are very neglectful of themselves. And, and, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot. We, I, we mentioned the last episode that, uh, you know, Tasha was on the corner of my eye doing her squats, but that's, that's a version of self-care, right? And, sure. and it, it's something you're, you're doing while you're waiting for the microwave to be done. And then at the end of the day, you, you can, you can, you can say to yourself, I did my squats today and that, that feels good. And, and even embedding you... the self-care into those things that you're going to now be doing yeah. every day. Yeah. So it, it doesn't it doesn't have to it be doesn't separate. have to be a, a big time and energy suck. Um, if you and again you can kind of link it back to the building habits. If you build build those self care habits, you're you're really doing yourself a favor. And, then the and other hold on, is, let oh, me say ahead. let me let me jump in before you do the fifth one. I and and I know you have a whole thing that you do on the self care. I, I I've I've taken to reminding people that self care is often more than a bubble bath and a glass of wine. Sure. Self care. Self-care can be something like my, my nephew, um, <laughs> the baby, he, I was on my online play therapy class 
And all of a sudden I got a FaceTime from the baby out in LA. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is more important than whatever this taped lecture is. Right. So I, I left class and it was, it was Oliver asking me to read him a story. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah. So like 30 minutes later, four books later, you know, I see his mom in the background, like we got to go. And Oliver's <laughs> like, I have time for one more. I have time for one more. Like, and so like just taking time to make those connections for, for me, which I think that's what led to spending more time, wanting to spend more time with them this year in 23 yeah. is definitely 100% a form of self-care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it 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 doesn't. I mean, it's what it's whatever charges you. It's whatever it, it totally, is. Yeah. It could totally be bubble baths if that. could if be. That, sure. I mean, if that if that would if that's what leaves you refreshed and renewed, um, absolutely do whatever that. fulfills um, what fills you back up. You know, and I I think reflecting on that because I think I I. I feel that sometimes we just knee jerk and we make assumptions like, oh, a day at the spa or da, 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 you know, but, but you got to really think about your own self. You know, am I thinking that that is what self-care is because that's what I see in my community or online or on social media. And like, that's what I should do in order to take care of myself or is what really is going to take care of me something a little bit more individualized. And, yeah, yeah. and, and I've had to work on that. A and, little bit. And, and the, the, the research seems pretty clear, as I understand it, that a little bit of self-care every day is more beneficial than a trip to the spa once a year quarterly or once mm -hmm. a month or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so so building those habits is good. The last one I've got on the on the list of uh, of ways to to manage strategies for managing the decision fatigue is to avoid overload. And that's kind of what you did to yourself the other day when you said you're doing all your all your travel planning. You're making mm -hmm. a whole bunch of trying to cram a whole bunch of decisions into a short period of time and then and then you go into that overload. You you said you needed a nap. And, yep. and so, so when you, when you know there's, you're going to have to make a lot of decisions, you're better off trying to come up with a way you can spread them out over, over um, a longer period of time than to cram them all into one, one short session. You, you may feel like, okay, I can, I'm going to do all these, make all these decisions and get it, get it out of the way. Um, but that's, that kind of ruins you for, for the rest, that, of, the rest the of the afternoon, yeah, right? Yeah. So the other thing I've, I've found too is, um, and I think this is getting back into the routine of being on the road and after having not been traveling for so many, got to say it like that. To, I mean, for a year and a half, two years, there was really no travel, at least on my end. And now that that's back up again, it's like ramped up back up to like pre-COVID levels really, really, really quick. And so I have had, um, and this was a big change and was really hard for me. The day after I come home is like nothing, like, no, like mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I can't, I, I have found. And so to me, that is that self-care that then avoids the overload but that is just mentally that's a off day that is nothing nothing i don't expect anything from myself on that day yeah, so anything yeah. that does happen is above and beyond and is bonus and is extra but that is the day where if you just want to just blah and read a novel all day then that's how i'm refueling so that i can be on my a game for the next day yeah, absolutely. Any final thoughts on decision fatigue before we pull the plug on this episode? Um, uh, no, I think it's perfect timing for the kick in the ass I needed. So thanks. Hey, listeners, 
Um, I hope listening to the Child Care Bar and Girl podcast isn't a decision you struggle with. Um, you just make it a <laughs> make it a three time three time a week habit. Um, thanks for listening. Back soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. See, I did, I did that really uh that really low key ending. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be All back right. next All right, there week. We, there we more. go. Childcare Bar and Grill. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.